Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy Chip Tannen. What it do? What it do is the Eagles are in the midst of a head coaching search. Uh, they are interviewing. They interviewed Robert Sala, who took the Jets' job in a matter of minutes after interviewing with the Eagles, <laughs> uh, which is bad. Uh, yeah. They have requested to interview Eric Bieniemy uh, today. Uh, they interview Todd Bowles. Uh, are there any coaching candidates that I'm missing? Uh, they interviewed uh, Arthur Smith, who took the Falcons job, so there's that. Uh, uh, that, inter- that, too. They interviewed Deuce Daly, who, uh, in my opinion, should not be the head coach. <laughs> Listen, we got to talk about Deuce. Yeah. This is going to be a debate, and people aren't going to like what I have to say, at least. Uh we save our opinions for this podcast so that we can hash it out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation about Deuce. Cause I don't think you might be on the same side as me. And then and if finally, you are on power. And then finally, uh, the big name right now is Justice Daniels. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Why? That man has sullied our franchise by stealing Frank Reich away from us. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he did. I mean, listen. The I, irony, Chip. The yeah, irony. It is ironic. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on Josh McDaniels. Um, they're saying right now he's looking like the front runner. You I know, mean, he's like the sports book front runner. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. If if people were betting on him, so if you're betting on him, he has ninety percent odds. So I don't think I hate him as much as you do. But I don't I hate him. I just don't see what he brings to the table I th- as yeah, compared I think, to some. I think there's better candidates out there right now, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But. Um, but uh, yeah. And it, I, there was a rumor that Howie Roseman called uh, Oklahoma's coach, right? Uh, oh, well, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um. There was a rumor. I don't know if I don't think he got interviewed, so I don't think it was legit. Maybe they talked about it and then they decided not to interview him. But I don't think he was he's been officially interviewed yet. So yeah, uh, that's on the air. That. I don't I don't think there's any uh, uh, substance to that rumor. Right. But let's let's leave with what we have on the table and uh, handle it that way. But let's move on. We got a lot of Sixers talk to cover. Uh, Sixers have been looking okay. Uh, they haven't had their yeah. full starting lineup since Seth Curry left uh, due to COVID. And after playing Memphis, uh, Jonas Valanciunas entered health and safety protocols, which means that the whole entire Sixers team had to enter the health and safety protocols, which means that the OKC Thunder game was postponed. Um, the Sixers are slated to play again on Wednesday against the Celtics, who are also coming back from their own COVID nightmare. So yep. what do you think is going on here? How, how do you see the Sixers season progressing? I see a lot of promise from Shake Milton. I'm still seeing some iffiness out of Tobias Harris, even though he had a great stretch. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to the team getting back healthy. Um, yeah, that's the main thing. I mean, because, you know, we've only seen a limited sample size from the starting five so far. And they looked good. They looked good in that in that small sample size. Um you know, they're they're undefeated when that starting five has come out and play. And like you said, Shake Milton has played fantastically. Um, yeah, Tobias Harris, uh, you know, he's been he's been OK. Uh, that, fir- that first stretch was kind of him at his best. So I'd like to see him ca- kind of get back to that. Um, you know, and then I think the big question right now is Ben Simmons. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, the whole James Harden situation that's over and done with. But there's people still you know, still campaigning for Ben to get traded. And, you know, I love Ben. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Ben Homer, um, but he's not playing well right now. He's not, he's not scoring enough, uh, in my opinion. Um, he played really poorly against Memphis, really poorly. Yeah. uh, He, he's turning the ball over way too much. Um, he did take two threes, as you said before to me, but I don't think, that that's not enough. He he's not being aggressive. Um, he's going down and he's taking he's picking up his dribble way too early, and he just gets trapped down there. 
every single time. He's not being aggressive enough. Yeah, it's 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 funny because like he'll get to the basket, but then he'll pass it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like he'll get there, but he'll he'll ju- like he'll make a stupid jump pass. And it'll either get to the guy and then, you know, we possibly take a three or it's a turnover. So I don't really understand. I mean, he's getting to the basket. It's just not he's take he's not taking the shot. Um, so I think you need to be more aggressive in that way. Um, and, and the turnovers, man, the turnovers kill this team. They, they've been killing this team for years and years and years. And, you know, it's it's still it's still killing this team. So if this team is going to succeed the way that we think that they should, uh, the turnovers have to get cleaned up. Uh, I, I, they had, what, 24 turnovers against Memphis? That's out of this world. You can't expect to win basketball games, and the turnovers completely continue to haunt the Sixers, even this season. So yeah. even under a new coaching staff, we're still seeing the same problems. Yep. How do they improve off of this? I, I don't see you, – you cannot be a playoff contender giving up 24 turnovers. Yeah. I mean, an, it, an elite team will score on 75% of those turnovers. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it, the turnovers have to get cleaned up. And, you know, it starts with Ben Simmons, in my opinion. And Tobias Harris, even. Because Tobias Harris had a bunch of turnovers in that Memphis game, too. So um, it starts with them, too. And – if, you know, if, if Ben can, like I said, if Ben can get to the basket and actually shoot the ball, then that's going to take away some turnovers because, again, he's been getting to the basket, but he's been passing out of it. So if he can, if he can just do that, then that'll help him. And then Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, they just have to be st- – they have to stop being careless with the ball uh, because, you know, again, the, the, they're, they're killing the Sixers, the turnovers are. And, you, you, like I said, you can't be – a playoff, a championship caliber team with that many turnovers. So I think it is fixable. It's just Ben has to be more aggressive to actually shoot the ball and just stop being so sloppy with it. So we'll continue to break down the game and everything that went wrong, especially during the Memphis game. I I think that was one of the games we really have to hyperanalyze. I know I don't like to do that too often, but a winnable game, you have to see what went wrong and how you can improve from it. And there was a ton that went wrong. Um, Let's move on. We got the Flyers back in action. Uh, sweep the two-game series against the Penguins. Joel Farabee looks like a stud. And yeah. TK had a hattie in the second game. Um, Oscar Lindblom's back. But Sean Couturier is hurt. So we will break down both of those games. And the defensive struggles of the Flyers. Because I want to be honest, that uh, second game looked a little too... That first game or second game looked a little too close. The Flyers let up two back-to-back goals, and we'll see what broke down there. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there's anything uh, – the Flyers play the Blues tonight. The Blues are without their goalie for personal reasons. Same, but I don't we're really – the Sabres, Sabres, excuse me. Um, what uh, – as long as the offense continues to play well, I think they'll be fine. Uh, they really have a rhythm going. Uh, they have a lot of zone time. Uh, but the defense has really struggled so far this season, at least uh, keeping the teams from scoring quickly back-to-back. Carter Hart can only do so much, and he is eventually going to have a bad game as much as I don't want to think that. Uh, What do you think is going to improve with this Flyers team? You've seen Elaine Vigneault really call out their players that are struggling. It's only two games in, so I don't think he's going to do that yet. But uh, do you think anyone's stepping up compared to the rest of the team? Well, like you said, I think if it continues, then Elaine Vigneault will start to call out some guys, which I like it personally. I like when a coach does that. You know, it puts it puts accountability on players. Um, so, but I do I do see the defense improving. I really do. I mean, um, you know, this team was, you know, when they were at their best, their defense was was top notch. So uh, they know the defense is important. I think they'll get back to that eventually. Yeah, I, I mean, and on top of it, the Penguins stink. <laughs> right. Yeah, they did not look good, man. Us, thanks to Manscaped's <laughs> refined cologne. God, Support man. for the Bandwagon Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all 
times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good, too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Have you ever uh, been in a public setting? You do the little sniff test where you kind of just, uh, and it, uh, it's not pristine, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. Uh, you, you, gotta, you know, you got to do the sneaky, the sneaky test. But yeah, I've, uh, I've been in some sticky situations with that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think every, every man at least once in their life has. Uh, leaving the gym, uh, have to, you know, try to sneak in the gym real quick and go back to work. You, you need something. But everyone knows that Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, and it doesn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst, before settling into an anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hyperallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. anywhere excuse me. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Look good, smell good, and feel good with Manscaped. I got nothing left, Chippy. What you say? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. All right, let's get in the huddle and talk some birds, baby. Go birds. Well, since Doug Peterson's fired, we need a new head coach. Uh, the Eagles have interviewed a ton of people, including, but not limited to, Josh McDaniels, Todd Bowles, Deuce Staley. Uh, goes on and on and on. Robert Sala took two steps into Jeffrey Lurie's office and decided to turn back around. And go to the Jets, which I, I don't see how that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's a bad move on his part, no matter how dysfunctional the Eagles are. Uh, the Jets have proven time and time again that they will beat every team and any team at dis- dysfunction. Um, the Texans are the only other team that need a head coach left, correct? That's That's correct. So... Right now, the Eagles still have to interview Eric Bieniemy if he so accepts. Yep. And uh, I really don't want Josh McDaniels. Okay, well, tell me why. I just don't see what what value does he add. You can't answer that, can you? <laughs> I'm asking you why you don't want Josh McDaniels. And I'm asking, and I'm telling, I'm asking you, what value does he add? Well, he like there are he, there are head coaches that you're excited for, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't excited when head, uh, Doug Peterson was hired either. But I mean, what listen, man, what value does he add? He's been the offensive coordinator for the arguably the best player to ever play the game. Have you seen their offense this year? Yeah, I mean, listen, it was not great, but have a quarterback coming off a bad injury, you have no weapons, and, you know, I mean, again, your quarterback, you know, he's he's not what he used to be. So, 
Yeah. I guess. I just don't see how you can digress that much. And I mean, if you want to go to quarterbacks who aren't who they used to be, uh, you're looking right at one with Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, you are. What value or what offensive scheme does he offer Carson Wentz? Because it looks like that's how Jeffrey Lurie wants to go. He offers what the Patriots do in, on the, with their offense, with, with you know, uh, a reasonable quarterback. You know, the, the Patriots are, you know, they're, they, they've been successful for a long time for a reason. You know, they run the ball effectively. They have a good offensive line. And then their quarterbacks makes plays when they have to. So, you know, it's nothing like – it's not rocket science. It's just they've been, they've been lucky to have enough to have, you know, obviously the, the, one of the best players to ever play the game. So, you know, how will that translate to, the, to Philadelphia? I don't know. But to say that he, to say that he doesn't bring enough is just – I don't agree with that statement because, again, you know, you look at his resume – He's been with this team. He's been the offensive coordinator for many Super Bowls. So, like, I'm not angry about it. I'm, I'm just not excited for it. The, I mean, like, listen, not, gets me excited. I, I, I know that, and you know, he's not top on my list. But to say that I'd be angry, you know, I would question it. I, I didn't say I would I, be angry. I just don't see what value he brings to be considered a top contender for the position already. Well, he brings a Super Bowl winning mentality. Yeah, he was going to bring that to the Colts too right before he stepped out and stole Frank Reich from us too. Yeah, so he did that. Yeah, he definitely did that. Uh that doesn't change Todd the Bowles, fact that he still won many Super Bowls. That's fine. I I just don't see him as the main reason they won the Super Bowls. Um Todd Bowles, I don't. I'm out on that. I, if they hire Todd Bowles, I swear on God, I will not follow the scene next year. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm not, Todd Bowles would be the dumbest hire out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, I I'm don't going. Want, I don't. I don't want Todd Bowles either. Um, you know, he's a defensive guy, and we don't really need that right now. Um, I mean, we we need defensive coordinator. But to bring in a defensive guy as the head coach, coach I'm not really sure. Like I'd be, I'd be fine with Robert Sala, right? But Sala would someone as long as they would bring in someone as a good OC. Like if you're going to hire Todd Bowles, which again I hope they don't do, you got to bring in a good offensive coordinator then if you're going to do that. And you know the biggest problem with this team is the offense. So you know, in my opinion, you you got to look for an offensive guy as your top as your head coach. So, you know, and, you know, I would still watch the team, but I, I wouldn't like the, I wouldn't like to move if they, if they went with Todd Bowles. I mean, nothing against them. You know, he's, he's done great with Tampa Bay. He's you know, not he what the, we need. Right. He's not what we need. Um, you know, he was with the Jets, you know, didn't do anything there, obviously. I mean, no one's going to do anything with the Jets, but um, yeah. So he's not what we need. And, you know, you, you got to look offensively if, for your head coach, in my opinion. I mean, respect to him. I don't hate him. I, I just, again, another guy who is something that we don't need. This isn't like Josh McDaniels. This is different. We don't need someone who's defense-centric right now. We need the offense to be corrected and fixed and put yep. in place. Todd Bowles wouldn't do that. But we have historically seen the Eagles go out and make stupid-ass moves that don't make any sense, that don't fix the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if they hire him. And when I say I wouldn't follow the Eagles, of course I'm going to follow them, but I would be pissed off while doing so the whole entire season. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't like that move. I would not. And it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't see why they're even – you know, I really don't see why they're even considering Todd Bowles. It, it's not a good fit. Um, I, and, again, I, I keep harping on enemy, but enemy is what we need right now. Offensive overhaul. You like going down Andy Reid's coaching tree? Fine, bring in the enemy. I don't like Mike Kafka though. That's a dumb. That's another dumb one. Okay, we'll tell uh, you why for that. I, I just don't see it. 
Don't I don't what. see it. I don't. I don't see the vision. I don't see Mike. I don't see a vision. Well, why bring in Mike Kafka? I'll be frank. Barely even heard of him until this year. Well, he, he played for the Eagles before. That's true. Uh, he's worked with Patrick Mahomes, and look at Patrick Mahomes. So is Bienemy. Yeah, I know that. But and and you're all for Bienemy, but you don't want Mike Kafka. Why not? And, okay, and, you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to get the Kansas City offensive coordinator. But you 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 take his backup pretty much. You're like, oh, you know, it's screw the enemy. Let me, let me take Kafka. Well, you're taking the guy who's worked specifically with Mahomes instead of the enemy who's. But we need an entire Mahomes. offensive overhaul, not just a quarterback overhaul. I know the quarterback's the most important part of the offense, but our offense wasn't running on any cylinders last year. There was no chemistry. There was no. We talked about this before. There's no leadership. There was no guy on that offense that I was like, damn, give him the ball, except for Travis Fulgham for three weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, when when the Eagles are doing, you know, their interviews and, you know, we've heard this report, you know, they're saying that Wentz is the guy and he's and he needs to be fixed. So wouldn't you want to once you want a guy who's worked specifically with quarterbacks in the past? I would, but I also want someone who has run an offense in the past and a, an elite offense at that. If the enemy can run an offense as efficiently as he's doing in Kansas City right now in Philadelphia, there is no doubt in my mind that he can implement changes to Carson Wentz and assist these wide receivers to get the damn ball moving. Some yards after catch would be nice, don't you think? It would. There it would is, be very, it, it'd be very nice. If Zach Ertz somehow remains in Philadelphia, which I highly doubt, and Dallas Goddard will be here too, if he can show these tight ends how to – you know, play like run routes like Travis Kelsey and get some yards after the carry catch, excuse me, but it, it, it befuddles me as to why they wouldn't go after this guy. And I mean like serious interest, not like, Oh, we'll request to interview you and then hire Josh McDaniels anyway. Well, I mean, you can't, I mean, what I saw from the Patriots this year was trash. That team looked bad. And guess who's in the conference finals again? Tom Brady, not Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, but I mean that that's that's a different argument from for a different day. And I can go on about that. But listen, I, I won't be enemy too. I mean, it's not like they're not going after him. They requested an interview, but he's you know he's in the middle of a playoff push right now. First of all, we, there's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, we we requested an interview, and the NFL even let let teams request an interview with guys who are still in it. So it's up to him. If he wants to be the head coach of the Eagles, he'll take the interview, and and that'll be it. If he doesn't want to be the uh, the head coach, then he's not going to take the interview, and we gotta we gotta look elsewhere. I mean, we can't wait around for these guys. We have to pick, we have to have a head coach. We can't we can't wait until you know weeks and weeks and weeks for 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 them to even take it. It's us and Houston at this point. I highly doubt. Yeah, but here, Houston, listen, to, listen. To but me. even if he doesn't, we still have a plethora of head coach candidates to choose from at that point. I agree, but you need a head coach. Like you need someone there. I mean the. The NFL Combine's right around the corner. You got you to get ready for the draft. You got to get ready for free agency. You know you need a, you need a head coach. You can't you can't be waiting around. So you know that's up to him. I mean, Eagles have done everything they can. They requested an interview. Uh, now it's up to him. So it, who would you not take if they hired out of all their candidates right now? You'd be fine with every single one of them. That's, no, that doesn't make any sense. Did I say that? I said I wouldn't be fine with Todd Bowles. But you'd be fine with McDaniels? I wouldn't be happy, but I'd be more happy with McDaniels than Todd Bowles or... or I agree you with know, you there, but Deuce, I mean, Deuce I'd still Bailey. be angry. No, oh, okay, we're going there. We're going there. I have you seen want, you so many Bailey. social media presences say, oh, people would run through a brick wall for Deuce Staley. He should be the next head coach. He's a running backs coach. That's a big leap to be a head coach. I don't care how much time you've spent here. Have you been a head coach before? Have you been an offensive coordinator before? No? Okay, not your job, Deuce. Go somewhere else and get one. Yeah, I 
listen, Deuce has been, you know, the players love him, obviously. That's great. I like him. I don't hate him. You know, you can keep him around as your running backs coach, but even in my opinion, you know, he hasn't even gotten the running backs down. I mean, we've been saying this for weeks, and, you know, this may not be on him, but Miles Sanders has not gotten the ball enough. And if that's your rotation with Miles Sanders, then I don't want you running my offense or my team. You know, I don't want anything internal. I, I, I want wanna, everyone yeah. internal gone. Press Taylor, especially. That dude's got to, like, he's got to take a one-way train to Albuquerque and never come back. Yeah, I mean, you know, Press Taylor, you know, uh, what's his name? Sc- Scangarello, what's his name? I don't even know his name. Uh, Rich you know, Scangarello. All those, you know, all those guys need to go, and they, they I think they are. So, yeah, I mean, you, I'm, I'm an, I've had enough with, with the whole internal thing. I mean, you need to look elsewhere, and that's – and I think Jeffrey Lurie is going to do that because, you know, as soon, like we said last week, as soon as Doug Peterson said, I want to promote Press Taylor to OC and like Matt Burke is defensive coordinator, Jeffrey's like, all right, you're done. See you later. So I, I'm hoping and praying that Jeffrey Lurie is looking elsewhere and he's not looking internally, even though they did interview Deuce Daly, which is fine. But I don't think he's the right. Like, you can keep him around, just not the head coach, man. I'm sorry. Like I know he's loved by the players, you know. I I know he's played here. He was he was he was a decent player here, um, but he, I don't. I he's not. I don't think he's a fit, man. Yeah, I mean, no. The thing is, we we need. I to don't change. think we need to change. I don't think this is anything wrong. Like I don't hate Deuce Staley. I don't think that anything he's done for the players is bad. I get that the players love him to death, but I have watched this team degrade over such a short period of time, they have gone from being Super Bowl champions to hot garbage in three years. I don't want anything with that coaching staff involved with the future of this franchise. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. Um, You know, like we said last week, I was surprised that Doug went. But, you know, if he was to go, then you're you're done. There's no trace of him left. You know, it's start from scratch, and you know, let's get the ball, let's get the ball rolling. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but it should uh, should be an interesting week. On top of it, I want Howie Roseman to get out of town too. Well, don't we all? But you know, he's he's in Jeffrey Lurie's pocket, so you know, there's not really can do about that. Well, I, I do have one last thing to say about the head coaching search. Um, this actually precedes the head coaching search. Um, Doug, if you're listening, um, you have been given tickets to the island officially. Wow. You're, you're on the island with other failed Philadelphia head coaches and one New York Giants head coach because I want to punch him in the face. So even though Doug won a Super Bowl, you're still bring, you're still sending them, huh? His okay. The thing with Doug that lost me, that has caused me to send him to the island, right? Yeah. Was the secrecy? It was the attitude. It was the feistiness for no reason over legitimate questions in press conferences. It was the constant cop outs, and the last one was the wanting to promote Press Taylor to offensive coordinator. <laughs> So if that was Jeffrey Lurie's reasoning, that's my reasoning. Congratulations, buddy. You've you've found your way to the island. All right, fair enough. Do you do you have any objections before I officially send this man to the island? My only objection, like I said, is he won a Super Bowl, but I understand. I understand the reasoning. I will give him a contingency. If he wins as a head coach, if he wins another Super Bowl as a head coach of another team, I will allow him off of the island. That's fair. I agree with that. And the only reason I gave him that contingency is because he brought a Super Bowl to Philadelphia. Yep. Gabe Kaplan doesn't get that contingency. Chip Kelly most certainly does not get that contingency. 
Absolutely not. Um, and Doug has to has to have played a major role in the draft for at least two years before winning that Super Bowl. Okay, now you're just adding stuff. No, no, no. The reason I say that is because in 2018, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with a team that was mostly put together by who? I mean, I guess. Say it. Say it. Well, here's the thing. Say it. Here's No, listen to me. You have to he say the name. He didn't draft Wentz. He didn't draft Foles. There were two people that the team was put together by. It was Andy Reid and it was Chip Kelly. Credit to Andy Reid, honestly. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> but Chip's draft wasn't horrendous except for Nelson Aguilar. Right. Who I think just hates Philadelphia because he couldn't catch in front of us. Uh, He's not the only one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, uh, I would have taken Nelson Aguilar over J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, though. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, man. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> Howie Roseman is an idiot, dude. That dude cannot Please. evaluate. That dude For cannot a pick a ripe watermelon. If I For asked him to go to the supermarket Christ. and pick a ripe watermelon, he would pick the ugliest looking one and the smallest oblong one. A small one be like, this one's got great potential, man. It's going to grow. Howie, it's out of the it, – it's it's not viable. It's picked. It's it's off the ground, bud. But it looks <laughs> good. Yeah, so does the Pac-12 to you apparently, bud. Yeah. Uh, for the love of Christ, let John Dorsey draft. Just let him do it. Give, give, I, am, I don't even care about John Dorsey's past record, even though we've talked about it, even if he has bad things. He's been good. I know. I am, I am ready to give the keys for the draft to anyone else besides someone named Howard Roseman. I agree. Also, other than Howie Long, is it considered uh, childish to be over the age of 40 and calling yourself Howie? Is it childish? I don't know. I'm just looking for more reasons to hate Howie Roseman, so please give yeah, it to you me. are. So, no, okay, yeah, it's childish, fine. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Howie has given me nothing to support. No decisions that he's made has really been um, – what good has he done? He drafted Wentz so, and took him away from us. <laughs> yep. Um, made a good pick and then ruined him. Then he drafted JJ Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf, who is destroying the league right now. Like, actually destroying it. Like, if I had to put uh, DK Metcalf up against some of the best cornerbacks in the league, I'd take DK Metcalf. Also and of over course, Terry McLaurin. Okay, that one's not as bad as DK Metcalf, but I like still Terry bad. McLaurin. I like Terry McLaurin too. But all of the picks that that dude made, you would yep. think that he would learn to. And then he takes Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, who you guessed it is lighting up the league. How is Jeffrey Lurie not looking at this this dude and just being like, Howie, do you expect me to keep you forever? You screwed me twice. In two years, and the fans hate you, but I love you so much that I'm going to cuddle you in my bed while I sleep, and you're never going anywhere, because that's what it seems like Jeffrey Lurie's doing. Accurate. <sighs> you know... You see what I, you're doing to us, Hallie? This is your fault, I don't Hallie. understand how he keeps his job. <laughs> I don't either! Every single time we have this conversation, I go back to it. How does this man still have a job in Philadelphia? I wish I could tell you, man. I wish I could tell you. Well, since uh, Ask Doug has ended, do you have any questions for Howie? Oh, I'm sad. 
I know. Uh, how you doing, Doug? This is uh, Chip Jernan. Uh, hey, hey. How, how you doing? How you, how you doing, man? Honestly, uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, and it's your fault. Uh, what do you have to say about that? You know, have you ever read the book of Job? No, I can't say that I have. Okay, well, in, in that book, um, uh, God puts this guy through hell, right? And he wants to see if he's still loyal to him. So, essentially, you have to go through hell to remain loyal. So, what I'm getting from that is you're putting the fans through hell? So, what what I'm putting the fans through is the best experience of their lives. They won a Super Bowl. Um, they have multiple good quarterbacks that we've developed out of our factory. Wrong. Come on. And what do you mean, come on? We got a lot going for us right now. Uh, okay. You said we have two good quarterbacks. Uh, first of all, you went 4-11-1 this year, okay? And, uh, you know, your quarterback, who, who did look good, uh, you know, you, you ruined him. And then you drafted another guy who looked, you know, he looked okay, but he's not, he's not special. So you think that's good? I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are an amazing team and that our goal every single year is to go out and play the best football that we can. But the best football you can is four wins. So the four wins, obviously not something that we like to see. Um, obviously, Jeffrey Lurie's come out and said it. Uh, he and Doug Peterson had some different views of the vision of the team. So we're going to pick up next year, and we're going to play the best football that Philadelphia can. So, you know, speaking of Jeffrey Lurie, uh, how, close with, how close are you with him, you know, just in terms of, uh, you know, uh, like the business side? And actually, uh, you know, him being, you know, your friend and all. Like, how close are you two personally? Uh, Jeffrey Lurie and I get along very well. Uh, we talk okay. quite frequently, uh, every day, as a matter of fact, because he is my boss and I report to him. Right. Um, you know, uh, we, we go out to dinner very frequently and uh, we all often discuss how we're going to screw over. I mean, how we're going to assist this franchise. I'm sorry. Uh, that? Create the best possible environment. In the oh, NFL, no. I, I and to create no. the most enticing championship drive for any team ever. I'm sorry, Howie. Can you repeat? Um, you know, never mind. I'm just gonna let it go. Anyway, um, I'm gonna ask. I was gonna ask something else. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. A lot of people forget what they're gonna ask when they talk to me. It's odd. It's very odd, uh, you know, because you just spit nonsense. Anyway. Um, so any more questions? Yeah, I have one more, actually. Okay. Uh, do you actually have any idea what you're doing? What's that supposed to mean? Like, do you know how to do your job? Well, I mean, you see the contracts that I signed and the restructurings that I do and the trades that I make. Is that not good enough for you? Uh, no, because your team went 4-11-1, and now you're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, first off, I would like to say that the hardships that this team endures, I take <sighs> personally. I, I take this home with me every night, and I watch television. And while I'm watching my favorite television show, um, I, I watched Downton Abbey. It's 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 a great show. I, I recommend yeah, I don't, it to I don't you. Care. Have you ever I watched it? It's great. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care. Yeah. So, my question was, do you know how to do your job? And your answer was, I go home and watch Downton Abbey. Well, to get back to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that go? <laughs> Hey, it's, that's I'm just trying to think of how Howie Roseman would have answered that question. I'm, I'm dead serious. He would say something like that. He would. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> so your answer to the question, why was your team so bad, is you go home and watch Downton Abbey? 
<laughs> He's like, yep. <laughs> Next question, please. I have never once seen that show, by the way. I don't know why it popped into my head. <laughs> but it sounds like something Howie would watch. 100%. Now, I will be honest, though. Excuse me. I had to yawn. If that man doesn't get his act together, all of Philadelphia will be calling for his head on a stake outside of the link. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, you're I'm vicious people. I, Excuse me. We are vicious. We are vicious. Yes, we are. Again, we, you know, going back to Howie, you're right. I really don't understand how he's had a job this long. He's been through, what, four head coaches now, and he still has a job. So, you know, eventually it's gonna it has to be put on you. And I think he's been here for one too many coaches. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see who they go with. And, uh, again, it should be an interesting week if, um, you know, I mean, again, the Eagles and the Texans are the last two teams without a, without a head coach. So, it should be pretty soon. So, we'll, we'll see. Well, you can't count the fourth one. It was Pat Shermer for one game. Well, no, it was Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, and Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah, you're right, Pat Shermer. Yeah, yeah, But still, F. Pat Shermer. Yeah. How'd, how'd, you, how'd it work out in New York for you, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Yup. Yeah. Well, on to the Sixers. So, nine and five. Uh, play the Celtics next. Game was postponed. I would like to talk about Tobias Harris. Okay. What's up with that guy? He was looking so good, and I was I was like, oh, you know, we we might have to apologize to him. And then he goes out against Memphis for the entire first half and just sucks. Yeah, man. He, I mean, I said this when he was playing well. He just needs to be more consistent. He needs to prove to the fans that he can be that reliable scorer every single night, and he still has not done that. Um, has he looked good at times? Sure. Um, but it has not been consistent at all. So that's his biggest question mark right now. Um, you know, and we'll see if he can, you know, turn things around once again. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's his biggest thing. He needs to be consistent and he's, he has not done that. That sounds good. That sounds great. <laughs> Nothing better. I'm sensing you're still angry. Bro, I thought for a stretch. Yeah. Even after Seth Curry was out. Mm. After they beat the Heat twice, I was like, oh, yeah. This is the year. And then you go out against Memphis and suck. <sighs> Ben Simmons goes out against Memphis and not only air balls two threes, but sucks. Hey, hey, at least he took them. That's true, and I don't hate him for that. I don't hate him at all, as a matter of fact. But I will crap on him for the constant BS driving to the lane jump, being heavily covered, and then turning the ball over. Yeah, I mean, listen. I am, like I said earlier in the intro, I am a Ben Simmons homer. I will stick with him for as long as I possibly can. And I'm not giving up on. You didn't see any. uh, You didn't see any poor performance out of him. No, I did. I'm I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Listen, man. You know, every time, and you know, Ryan knows this when we watch the games. But every single time when we watch the games together, I say Ben Simmons could be. And it's simple. Really, it is. If Ben Simmons, and and, and I'm not kidding when I say this, if Ben Simmons on every single play drove to the basket, he'd be one of the best players in the NBA. Because this man is so unbelievably good at getting to the basket, it blows my mind that he doesn't do it on every single play. Because sometimes when he does do it, like when he's actually being aggressive, there's not a single soul on this earth that could stop the man. But he just doesn't do it. Yeah, he doesn't. He continues now. And like I said earlier, he'll get to the basket 
then he'll bail the defender out by doing some stupid jump pass that gets turned over and gets turned into a three down the other floor, under end of the floor. Like, I, I, I think Ben Simmons doesn't even realize how good he is. Like, he could get to the basket every single time down the floor, and he doesn't do it. He, but he gets to the basket, and then but then he just bails decides he's going to pass out. it out. Right, he bails the defender out and passes it out, and it's either a turnover or it barely gets to the his teammate, and they get a shot off. Like you can't every single time down the floor, you can't be looking to shoot a three. Like I get, I get Philadelphia for years has been saying, "Oh, we need more shooters." We got them them few more opportunities to be aggressive and get to the basket and make plays yourself and I, I understand Ben Simmons you know he's a he's a great passer but again you can't look to pass on every every single time you have the ball like you're going to be open sometimes and you're going to have to be aggressive and take it those start going down if you start putting them up like even even when you go to the basket, they're high percentage shots. Like, just take a layup. A high percentage shot. Like, if you even if it doesn't go in, you still got to the basket and made a high percentage. Ah, oh, Chip, you're cutting out there. Um. So yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with Ben Simmons is, again, he 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 just needs to be a, a better scorer. That's what it comes down to. Because every other every other aspect of his game, in my opinion, other than the, the shooting, obviously, is is fantastic. In my opinion, obviously, defending is is great. The uh, the passing is fantastic. Uh, he needs to work on just just his shooting and just being aggressive. Because again, I see it when they play, man. And when well, he yeah, goes the passing is fantastic, but he can't do it too much. Exactly. Exactly. You can't do it every single time you're down the floor. You can't. And you can't force you can't force things, man. You, you got to be. And like we said in the intro, if you want to win a championship, you can't you can't turn the ball over twenty four times a game. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Good teams in the NBA will make you pay for turnovers. I don't care who it is, whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Heat, whether it's the the Rap, whoever, whoever, the Lakers, whoever. If you turn the ball over, they will make you pay. And you just can't do that if you're trying to win a championship. The turnovers need to need to stop. Doc Rivers needs to. He's done a good job so far, but he's got to be like, all right, guys, listen up. These turnovers have to stop. You know, it's they have to. That's the only way you're going to be able to win. That's it. Well, let's go on to ways to win. Uh, Way number one, uh, shake Milton existing. Yeah, here's the thing, and Shake Milton has done—he's done fantastic, in my opinion. But the fact that he's leading your team in scoring, you know, every night is not good. The fact that your sixth man is is going out there and scoring, you know, 30, 30, point, 30, 30 points a game, thirty points a game—that can't happen. Shake Milton is a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a, he's been fantastic, and I and I hope that he keeps playing well. But he can't be your leading scorer, man. I'm sorry. And again, when you're trying to win a championship, you need you need your starters to be those guys for you. And right now, and I understand, you know, we we've dealt with the, you know, we've dealt with the, uh, the with the whole COVID situation. I, I get that. I I do. But Ben Simmons has played. And Joel Embiid has been out. Like, I know he's been hurt the last couple of games. But when he's out there, and he's played well. He, Joel Embiid has played really well. Ben, man, you, I don't even think – I don't think he realizes how good he could be. I really don't. Because he, he could be so unbelievably good, even without the shooting. Just being aggressive. Just getting to the basket. And And – Really, just being a matchup nightmare. 
Now, Ben has the ability, but he doesn't exhibit it. Joel exhibits the ability, but can't play consistently. He can't sustain it. And that's worrisome. He can't play for four straight games if we need him to. And that that worries me that his career might not be as long as we think it might be. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, that's been the question for, you know, for, for a couple of years now. I mean, you know, he's big. He's a big guy. And it's hard for those type of guys to sustain the, the you know, the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The – like, that that sort of play, you know what I mean? Like, be, just being dominant. It, it's hard for, for big guys to sustain that. Um, so, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, if – if Embiid's healthy, we know he's one of the best players in this league. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. But that's the question: Can he sustain? And uh, right now, you know, there's a knee, there's a whole knee situation. I don't even know what the deal with that is. Hopefully, he'll be back on Wednesday when they play the Celtics. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's the biggest question marks right now for this team, and that's going to determine if we can be successful. Well. When we get the whole entire starting lineup back, it'll be great. Am I wrong? We'll be back no, to normal. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, man. I'm I'm hoping that this whole COVID situation will will uh, will rear its ugly head and and they'll get back uh, they'll get back to full strength. So we'll see. But uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the team to get back and healthy. All right. Well, we got the Celtics on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know how that game's going to go. I pray that we annihilate the Celtics because it's always great when Boston loses. It is indeed. It is indeed. And hopefully Embiid's back and, and Simmons is back and being aggressive and Tobias Harris can come back and, and be that be that reliable scorer for us. I sure hope so. I, I need him to be uh, not terrible. <laughs> I don't need him. I don't even need him to be amazing. I just need him to not be awful. Yep. Ain't that, ain't that crazy? And stop with the turnovers, please. That's for the whole team, though. I've been asking for this for years, Sixers. Even when Brett Brown was here. Stupid Ooh. turnovers. Yeah, Brett's, uh, Brett is not on the island. Throws. Brett is not an island resident. He is not an island resident. He's not. I want to clarify that throws and stop with these stupid turnovers. Had enough of them. Years. Oh, for years. The lines shift the lines. We're talking flyers. I'm sorry. I just. All right. Yeah, you you got angry there. You just kept going. Okay, I did. I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive. Um. But the Flyers beat the Penguins six to three oh. in their opener, now that's and beat news. the Penguins five to two oh. on the fifteenth. Thank you, beauty. Now let's go down the goals. All right, James Van Riemsdyk scored. Nolan Patrick, Joel Farabee, Michael Raffle, Oscar Lindblom. And Kevin Hayes. Now, the Limblom one was originally Travis Konechny's. But after looking right. at the tape, Oscar had tipped it, which makes right. it his goal. Which means that in his return to Philadelphia, he scored. Yep. Now, if the, I... if the crowd were there. Oh, my God. The Penguins would have had busted eardrums. Oh, 100%. No question. <clears throat> I kind of like this new setup for the season, honestly. The 2-2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. It, it doesn't stay true throughout the whole schedule, but for yeah. a good majority it does. I uh, Yeah, man. I said this when, when they did the bubble, but the NHL has done a fantastic job with, this whole, with the whole COVID situation. Um, you know, obviously getting through the bubble and, and crowning a champion – uh, was was unbelievable. Then, but then to come out and 
you know, have the season, you know, the way it is. And I agree with you. I love the, the, the format that they did. Um, and I think the NHL has done a fantastic job. So I just want to shout out the NHL for that. I'm with um, you there. Um, I want to shout out Carter Hart for being a savage. Yeah. And just a legend and uh, being a man. Uh, just for being you. Christmas. Oh, you lucky. I, I wanted. Um, I'm saving up to get his uh his authentic stitched fight strap black one. I want that so bad. Oh, three hundred and something dollars, but I'm getting it. It's gonna be yeah, uh, wor- worth it. Worth the purchase. Um, I'm happy for for Lindblom and Patrick, man. I really am. Um, I'm happy Patrick is back and looking like he's he, he he's looking good, and he he can play a lot better. Uh, but no I, I think it's going to come over time because he missed a whole year. Exactly. And I mean, listen, he came back and he looks like he belongs and that's the biggest thing. Um, and, and, you know, and for them to come out, both of them to come out and, and get that and get a goal in their first game back is, is tremendous. And I'm, uh, I'm so happy for those two guys. And, um, you know, hopefully they can, they can sustain, you know, health and, uh, you know, just be, just be great players for this team. Cause that's what they were drafted to be. And, they, you know, they showed they've showed signs of being in the past. So, um, hopefully, they can just stay healthy and and continue to play well. Because, uh, man, what a difference they make, man! It's they're they're both such good players. They're so young, and uh, I'm really happy for both of them. I mean, Hazy is Hazy, you know. Hazy, uh, he, man. He, he's always going to bring a fire, and you know. We go back to it, and we talk about it all the time, but it's amazing how much he actually fits into the Philadelphia franchise. Uh, usually someone coming from New York, it would be a little bit more of a tough go about it, but he embraced yeah. it right away. And, you know, he, he kind of just got the idea of being a Philadelphia Flyer right from the get-go. And I think that's really helped him escalate his career to where it's at right now. Um, some people, including myself, when he first got signed by Philadelphia, thought that the money might have been a little too much. But – he shut me up. I, I didn't hate the signing. I just didn't like how uh, expensive it was. But he's worth it. 100%. 100%, I agree. And that's, you know, it's really one of the best signings in recent memory for the Flyers, in my opinion. Um, JVR is still a little too costly. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like so, JVR. You know, I've liked him since he was on his first stint with the Flyers. Yeah. But. The money is going to start to impact us. I think that JVR might be one of those names that's moved uh, come expansion draft time. Yep. Yeah, you, you and, probably won't see him get protected. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, with Hayes, man, he's been everything you everything you wanted and more. Um, you know, again, like you said, when he came in, we were kind of, you know, we were kind of iffy on it. But, uh, like you said, the the, the – He's been fantastic for us, and and money well spent by the Flyers for, for that one. And uh, man, I'm just I'm so excited for this for this team, man. I think they can be a really dangerous team for a long time. I I need to see more this year before I make a final verdict on the team. Okay. But so far, so good. Uh, they're down one nothing to the Sabers right now. You're not going to win every game, but to lose to the Sabres right now would not be good. Um, it doesn't look like the offense can really get much going on. Um, I, I'm, we're recording right now, so it's kind of hard to keep up with the game. But uh, it's a long game. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're being outshot 11 to four. Uh, we're being out hit 15 to four. We won more faceoffs, but that's about it. We're not really getting a lot of opportunities, and offense seems to be stagnant. The defense isn't hitting either. So this could be the game, you know. You've got to come back to earth somehow. Like I said, game long three, game. though. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I hope that they can pull this one out. They just have to come out in the second with a fire. Yeah, and they've shown they can do that. Well, let's uh, let's move past the Flyers. We have one more thing to talk about, Chip. Do you know what that is? Uh, the Phillies. Yeah, it's actually the Phillies. 
<laughs> Why was that not it? No, that, that was actually it. Uh, the Phillies signed Archie Bradley. Yeah. That's a solid signing. He's, he's, he's all right. I like the move. Good guy. I do. I, I like that move. Uh, they did guy. an interview today, actually. They did an, Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, they did an interview today, actually. And uh, guess who? He mentioned JT Romuto. Who, guess what? They still have not signed. And he um, tweeted it, signed JT. He, he hashtagged it. Um, listen, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, you know, first and foremost, that's a good move. Um, um, Archie Bradley, you know, he's, he's been a good reliever for, for, uh, for, good, for a good few years now. He was with the uh, Diamondbacks. He was on the Reds last year. Um, so, yeah, he's been good for, for, uh, for a little bit now. So, I like that signing. Um, I love the um, – who did trade for the with the rate? Oh, Jose Alvarado. I love that move. Um, that trade that they sent. Um, who they sent? I forget who they sent to. Uh, it was a three team trade, but we ultimately got Jose Alvarado from Tampa Bay, who was good last year. I mean, he's had he has great stuff. Uh, I love that move as well. Um, so just you know the, the little moves to try and bolster the bullpen, which obviously we desperately need. Um, I love those moves, and hopefully. You know, I've seen some reports where, you know, the Phillies are kind of the only team right now in on JT. I mean, we're really the only team that's offered him anything. Um, so hopefully that can come to fruition pretty soon and, and he'll be he'll be here for the long haul. Um, but right now it looks good for the Phillies to, to re-sign him because, again, he, he, you know, we're really the only team that's done anything for him. Um, and he wants to be here. We all know that. Um, so it's just a matter of when it's going to happen, in my opinion. So. Um, we offered him a deal. We offered him a five-year, hundred million-dollar deal. Uh, there was rumors they made him up. They made him up that a little bit. Um, so if that's the case, uh, that's still that's still a good contract in my opinion for for him. Uh, five years around a hundred million. I think that's fine. 20, that's about twenty million dollars a year if you do that route, um, which is fine because uh, you know obviously he's the best catcher in baseball, and you get him for twenty million a year. I think that's fine. Um, so well, we'll you, you know, you got, you got to look at you, you got to look at free agency overall in baseball this year. It's been a little odd compared yeah. to usual. Um, when you look at someone like a DJ LeMahieu who took a five-year, ninety million dollar deal, that's the best second baseman in baseball, and that, that's all that he's getting. The Phillies yeah. might be trying to do the same exact thing, where they're waiting it out and waiting it out and waiting it out and waiting it out until uh, he's right. finally like, all right, just give me the contract. Yeah, and again, it helps that. You know, no other team has kind of offered him anything either. So, you know, the Phillies are are in a good spot right now with him. They could they could honestly wait, which obviously the fans don't love. But um, yeah, they can honestly wait for a little bit longer. But hopefully, hopefully it's pretty soon with JT, and and he'll be here for the long haul. Like I said, so um, yeah, man. Well, with uh, with Matt Klintak in the front office, that's exactly what they would have done. They would have just let JT go because he was like Andrew Knapp is a great catcher. Yeah, and, and the, yeah. I, I, uh, thankfully they brought in someone like Dave, uh, Dave Dombrowski and, um, you know, to, and they got um, Sam fold in there to act as the Sam fold. Yeah. And you know, we, we didn't really mention that either. I think, I think that was a great move by the Phillies too. Um, uh, you know, uh, promoting Sam fold to, for, to the G what is he? The GM is, or what? Yeah. Is he, he's the, a GM. Uh, GM, right. Yeah. So, um, Promoting him to the GM, I thought was a great move. Um, just getting like a just getting a player like a former player who's you know been around most of these guys who are still playing right now, and just um, you know just knowing the game, in my opinion, is is uh, is big for the Phillies right now. So I like that move a lot too. Yeah. So uh, Phillies recently have made some nice moves, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. And with that. We've reached our destination for the day. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Bandwagon Podcast. Please go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Anchor there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play. Wherever podcasts are available, we're most likely there. If we're not, just shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com, and we'll try to get there. If you want to follow me, I'm at PHL Ryan Michaels on Twitter. If you want to follow Chip, it's at PHL Chip Tiernan. You can also find us on Facebook at PHL The Bandwagon, on Twitter at PHL The Bandwagon. We share polls weekly, so please feel free to vote on those, share them, and comment. 
We really do like to engage with the fan base. It's awesome, and that's probably the most fun part about this job. So we thank you all for that. Um, we're going to have an Instagram. It's coming. Yeah, eventually. Maybe. Maybe. I don't in know. The next, you know, in the, in the next couple days, weeks, or months. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Decades, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's well, a thought. Yeah. yeah. It's a thought that's up there, but hey, you never know. Yeah. I, I, I think. Uh, nah, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Um, and again, thanks, Manscaped, for uh, supporting our podcast. We appreciate it. Go give them a visit and use code PHL for 20% off and free shipping on their website, manscaped.com. Again, we thank you for listening. We'll see you at the next stop. Go Birds. And Ben, shoot the ball, please. Shoot it. Shoot it. Stop shoot running it. running over the ball. Shoot it turnovers. I've had enough. Yeah.